To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Louis B. Smeads. The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 2. Sick. What is up, everyone? My name is Zachary Ballard, and welcome back to Feed Don't Want Your Brain. I'm here with Josh Needles. Go hey. ahead and introduce yourself, Josh. Hi, I'm Josh. I'm so happy to be here on your podcast. This mm-hmm. is super exciting. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, um, and the episode was really fun that I got to watch, so I'm excited to talk about it today. Cool. Yeah, it was kind of a gory one. A little bit. Uh, so sometimes, sometimes, you're, I'll, you're like, for that. <laughs> sometimes I'll give like a really gory one to someone. <laughs> it usually happens that I give a gory one to someone that I... I'm worried that I gave the Gordon yeah, one. Were you worried I, about me? Well, no, I, I was just watching it and I was like, no. oh, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't realize there was this much well, gore in it. Th- it's funny because I hate gore. I That's hate so violence funny. and I hate I'm gore. So sorry. No, it's okay. I've watched like, like I've watched like other like gory TV shows like Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And, uh-huh. like, and like, I'm like fine, but like, I've always been like, I get like queasy around blood and like violence mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was fun for, for this episode for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but me and Josh, we, we were, we just graduated together. Mm-hmm. We were in the same BFA cohort. Uh, and we're both depressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so what's your, what's been your like involvement or like, do you know much about the walking dead? Was this your first time? No, I've watched, I watched the first season okay. a long time ago. It, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty, I guess, like, rusty on, like, remembering characters and, like, Mm -hmm. the plot and everything. Um, And I really just kind of stopped watching because of the violence and gore. But Mm -hmm. that's, like... But I should get back into it because, literally, I was watching this episode. I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, like I was, like, totally invested the whole time. And I I actually wasn't expecting to be. So, yeah. But this is, like... So I have, like, some introduction to The Walking Dead, but not, like... I'm not, like, a super fan, I guess. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, you don't need to be a super fan. So, um... (laughs) What, what were your thoughts on this episode in particular? Um, I guess the first thing that comes to mind, um, I like there's there's a lot of things that we could talk about with this episode, um, but I think like the the most like intriguing part was the the prisoners being stuck mm-hmm. in the cafeteria for like ten months mm-hmm. and not um, not really knowing what the rest of the world was like. Yeah, and and it must have been like so shocking to like get all that news all at once. Yeah, I think it might have been. I mean, they obviously didn't think about it, but I think it might have been better. If they would have given it to them slowly instead of being oh yeah like, yeah um, you can leave and <laughs> and I, I think they probably would have left yeah if they didn't like scare the <sighs> shit yeah, in the totally. beginning about like how people are just eating other people and, yeah and stuff like that but like how do you slowly yeah, introduce yeah, that to sure, them when sure. there's literally like yeah and I think like zombies walking around mm-hmm. about to kill them right now you know and I think the the group is kind of done with the <sighs> they're yeah. done like like when you're in situations like that like you can't really like tiptoe around the truth you know yeah you have totally, to you have to sort totally. of like yeah. tell them um i th- i think it's interesting that they they i don't remember they must have been stuck they must have like released a barricade on that door uh-huh. because i feel like the prisoners would have tried to leave after 10 months you know yeah, totally, um, yeah. but yeah i think i well, think it's interesting that none of them none of them wanted to leave even though they were free yeah totally. um it's sort of like that that analogy where the bird's in the cage and you open uh-huh. up the the door and the bird doesn't want to fly. The bird like stays in the cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Well, I mean, they've lived there, they've been there for so long. It's it is like their home mm-hmm. in a way, you yeah. know. So, 
I think maybe like if I were in their situation, maybe I wouldn't want to leave, but I would want to go outside. And, like, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> get they, the they mentioned and they, that they yeah. did, they haven't felt the sun in ten months, uh-huh. which yeah, which probably would was not good for their mental health. No, no, uh, or their physical health. I don't think anything in the show is good for anybody's <laughs> mental health. Yeah, true. Um, and I. Yeah, I I just thought it was really fascinating that they they were too scared to leave, yeah, and that they they wanted to just stay in the prison, and um, the fact that they were like that the group was basically telling them no, uh-huh. we're taking the cell block, you can get this other cell block, uh-huh. yeah, and um, I thought I thought it was just sort of like I, before I didn't think anything of it when I watched it the first time, but watching it now I'm like, what is the audacity that Rick has that he can like uh-huh. walk into someone's home and be like, well, my family needs to be safe and. And like I get it, I understand why yeah. he's doing it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, these are, this is this, these guys' home, you know. Yeah. And you're, you're basically just like, like telling him, no, I, I'm, we're staying here. And because you guys are prisoners, yeah. you guys can't be in the same cell block as us. Uh-huh. Which I thought it was interesting because, like in federal prisons, there's, there's people with all sorts of crimes that they've committed. You know, uh-huh. yeah. some are violent, some are nonviolent. You know, there's people from <laughs> tax evasion to, to murder. Yeah, totally. You know, and, yeah. and they didn't even, they didn't even stop to ask the question. What did they do? Yeah. And well, I, I thought that was interesting. I do too, but I think, like, in this situation, like, with the world and the state that it's in for this show, like, even good people, like, trusting someone costs so much more because of the the severity of the situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you, like, yeah. even if someone is a good person, like, you could argue that, um, that, like, Rick is a good person, even though he's done these, like, bad things in this episode, mm-hmm. bad things in quotes, you know? Um, but it's truly for, like, survival, if that mm. makes sense. So I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing where it's like, when do you draw the line of, like, helping someone out, even if they are in prison for tax evasion? Yeah. Or or do you draw the line because you need to protect yourself and the people closest to you? Mm-hmm. And is that more of a form of love than loving this person you don't know and yeah. helping them out, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and I think... I think probably the fact that Rick is a cop yeah. probably um, helps his character's decision even more. Yeah. Like the, the whole ideology of like cops versus prisoners, you know, uh-huh. and and um, it would have been an interesting storytelling tech uh, tactic if Rick like actually put one of those guys in jail. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. I don't I don't know why they didn't do that. Yeah. If I was the writer, I would have done that. But but I think I think because Rick was a cop and he also didn't mention that he was a cop before. Yeah. Which I think was smart because then they, yeah, they totally. probably would have um tried to kill him more than they did. Yeah. Um yeah. but that that one prisoner What what was his name? The, I do you remember? I don't remember his name. The the, the like kind of insane one. Yeah, the yeah. like he killed his buddy right <laughs> yeah. after he got scratched. Yeah. And and he, he he kept like trying to kill Rick, like he threw a walker on yeah, him. Yeah, that's crazy. And when when he did that, I was like, okay, he needs to die. Yes, like, he, like there's, <laughs> there's no way, there's no way we can keep him alive. Well, exactly, if he's going to endanger other people, yep. you know. And even if they like they clear the cell block and um, live like both live in the prison together with their different groups, like even then, like I just feel like you couldn't trust him after mm-hmm. like the things that he did. Yeah, <laughs> like b- no. pushing the walker on Rick and like essentially just killing his friend like mm-hmm. so easily you know it's yeah yeah it, w- it was like obvious that he just wanted to like yeah kill. uh-huh and uh, outside of that he also um showed that like he was gonna do things his way mm-hmm. with the little things like when they were like oh well like make sure you go for the head and then they just like essentially yeah. they didn't care. went crazy and started stabbing the walker's stomachs mm-hmm. and then um when they were like oh well don't use a gun because it makes loud sounds he's like well i'm gonna use a gun anyway you know mm-hmm. and so he kind of like was showing that like act of defiance or that like I'm gonna do things my way regardless yeah. of what you say, and um, 
even down to the like they made the deal for like half the food and he was like you can have like a can of tuna and this and this and they're like no the deal was half mm-hmm. and so like yeah i think it was just like clear that he probably just couldn't be like trusted in that yep. in that situation so yeah and and i i don't know i thought it was i thought it was interesting that lori told rick that like rick needs to kill all of them uh-huh and and rick was like yes i need to protect you and he was he was sort of dealing with with that decision but I think I think the decision was made easy for him to yeah. kill two of them when they both tried to kill him. Yes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then the other two he let live because yeah. they obviously weren't on the same side as the other two. Yep. Um, I thought though I thought it was insane though. I thought he was just going to catch the guy um, that that like tried to that swing ran. at Rick. Yeah. But he just he just shut the door and was like, yeah. "Run! Yeah. You better run!" And then he died. And I I thought that was insane. Yeah. I think this this moment is when we start to see Rick like really making decisions for his family and for his family only uh-huh. and not caring about and that's what gets him in deep <sighs> later seasons uh-huh. about about just not caring about the lives of others if they even pose a little bit of a threat to him and his loved ones yeah, huh. yeah, yeah. which i think is i i think i think it's a cool cuz i think you got to be careful because one when you kill someone it affects you yeah totally <laughs> I, I imagine i imagine it would affect you <laughs> yeah and two like when you kill someone and then like they're and if they have loved ones or if they have like ties to someone that is willing to kill you uh-huh. to protect themselves then that makes it worse for you yeah um but yeah i i i thought it was insane that he just like no questions asked like just hit him in the head with the machete yeah and was over with it you yeah know? well i was like i mean as a as a viewer you're like well do it obviously you know <laughs> yeah. like you you're like that like there's no way like this is gonna work out so and especially after he threw the walker on him it was like okay yeah, yeah, it was like you're like, done well i think it's interesting because daryl um who's with them he he's a criminal he hasn't been to prison at least as far as we know uh-huh. i think he's been to juvie but um he he was a criminal because he like he he would have drugs just because of his like upbringing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they like let him around because he's proven that he's like safe for the group. Yeah. And I I think if they would have just like proven that they were safe for the group, then it would have been easier for them to trust them. Yeah. Uh, but then again, that guy might have snapped and you yeah. know killed someone. Yeah. But yeah, I thought I think it's interesting. I I think it's cool. Like on the other side of things, where they're trying to keep Herschel alive because uh-huh. Rick just cut off his leg. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's. It's interesting the the different kinds of people like there's there's Maggie who who is just accepting the fact that he's probably gonna die. Yeah. And then everyone else is like, No, he needs to live because Lori's pregnant and he's the only one that can like deliver this baby. Uh-huh. And then Carol starts like dissecting a pregnant walker yeah, yeah. so that she can like know how to do it in case Herschel dies. Yeah. And um I don't know, what are your thoughts on like on just like losing hope too quickly or just like always being so cynical that you that you can't think of anything else well i think like in terms of like death specifically because this is what um they're all kind of dealing with this idea of like this impending death of this character of herschel Mm -hmm. and um i think everybody responds differently to Mm -hmm. to death in that way i think of like um when my grandma was when my grandma died my mom she was the one who like made the decision to like to essentially like let her go, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because like she was essentially just being supported by um, the hospital mm-hmm. and the the medicines that were keeping her alive, and it just she wasn't 
she wasn't at a place where she could be. And so, like, on the one hand, like, you know, you have someone like my mom who's like, okay, like, it's time, like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, but, like, still, like, dealing with, like, the, like, guilt of, like, like, am I, am I the reason, you know? Like, and then there's, like, other, other people who are like, no, like, 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 let's keep them living. And it's the same situation with Herschel where some of the characters are like, no, like, we have to do everything we can and, and he's going to live. We're not, we're not giving up hope. And there's that, oh, there's that line that was like, is it Maggie the one who's, um, who's preparing for him to die essentially? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When Maggie's like, when she says like, am I the only one living in reality here? You know? Mm-hmm. And everybody yeah. else is, um, essentially living with hope. And I think mm-hmm. that like, okay, this is like, I have a lot of thoughts percolating in my head, yeah. but, um, like, um, uh, the girl who cut the pants, what's her name? The girl who cut the pants. She, when did she cut the she pants? She like she was cutting the pants for Herschel's leg, because that was either Beth or Carol. Oh yeah, one of the two. Uh-huh. They she was cutting the pants because she was like, oh well, he he can't walk with um, one leg just dangling there. He'll trip, you know. And like that's I think that's a form of coping for for her mm-hmm. to be like, okay, like what can I do? I can't control the fact that Herschel's dying right now, but what I can do is I can. I can cut these pants for him so that um, so that they fit him when he wakes up mm. and when he's here, and that's like a form of like coping and keeping her hope alive, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas Maggie is like, like, why are you doing that? Like this, like we don't even know if he's gonna live, and like the situation looks mm-hmm. pretty bad. And I think like neither way is necessarily wrong. I think it's just mm-hmm. how you how you cope with the situation. Yeah, um, it's sort of like accepting it. Like sometimes accepting something makes it easier for some people and then just like hoping that something is better makes it easier for some people. Yeah. And I think there's something to say. I mean, I think about, I've like, I've experienced quite a bit of death with my family members in life. Mm -hmm. My aunt Rachel, she recently died of breast cancer and she had a lot of hope and a lot of willpower in her mind. She wasn't supposed, she wasn't supposed to live as long as she did, but she was like, she, her mind, she just like, she was like, no, I'm not accepting it. I'm not going to die right now. And so Mm -hmm. she lived like, like years later than she was supposed I to. I do think willpower and hope, like mentality, uh-huh. definitely plays a factor. Because, well, like, yeah. when, when people are dying and they accept to die, they die a lot quicker yes. than when people that fight for it, yep. you know? Yeah, and so, like, I think, like, I think, like, that hope can sometimes be a good motivator and fuel for success and for survival. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a line that, like, you know, sometimes there just has to come acceptance that, yeah. like, you can't control everything. And then there's, mm-hmm. like, this idea of, like, well, can you have hope for yourself and willpower for yourself, but not necessarily for other people? Because mm-hmm. while, like, these characters could, like, Carol could have, like, hope that um, Herschel's going to live, like, she can hope and have as much willpower as she has, but um, that's kind of up to him to have the willpower for himself mm-hmm. and the hope for himself yeah. to pull through, you know? Because we can't, as much as we'd like to, we can't spend our lives controlling other people. It's mm-hmm. we can We can control our actions and our thoughts and the the things that we do for ourselves but we can't control what other people do all we can do is support and accept and and love mm-hmm. you know so yeah and i think i think it's different for everyone like alina was getting really mad at maggie because because we were watching it together and uh-huh. she was like why is like she knows that herschel needs to live in order for lori to live yeah, yeah and and so why is she saying all these things around lori especially and like you know and she said she said it's it's i think it's important to like hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Like, as long as they prepare for the worst to happen. And, like, that Carol's sort of in the middle where yeah. she's, like, she's, like, trying to do her best to keep him alive from what Herschel taught her. Uh-huh. And and she's also preparing for the worst by learning 
how to um, perform a C section. Yeah. And I, I think I think the middle ground is probably the best place to be in that scenario. I think so too, yeah. Because because like you you can't be just head in the clouds always hoping for things when the when it's not grounded in reality. Yeah. But also if you're too grounded in reality, then you can you can get cynical and you can just like not care about yeah. anything. Anymore, well it makes know? me yeah, it makes me think of the quote um that's oh what's that quote? It's um uh success is where luck and preparation meet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like I think that's I mean, that's just what I'm thinking of when you when you talk about like preparation for the worst. Like mm -hmm. or like preparation both ways. Like there are people preparing for him to continue living and figuring out what they can do to help with that. And then there are people who are preparing for him to die and mm -hmm. figuring out like what how do we survive without Herschel after this? Yeah. And um so like there's that there's that part of like what can you do? Mm -hmm. And then there's the part that you can't control, which is like the luck part of the quote essentially. Yeah. Um where it's whatever happens, happens, and then if you're prepared for whatever situation, mm -hmm. then that's where you're gonna have success because you were prepared for um whatever situation comes your way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about like because they're sort of in this place now where when someone gets bit, like they're sort of in this in between place where they're like realizing that when someone gets bit like they they either need to kill them or quarantine them, uh -huh. but they're sort of they're sort of just like when that when that prisoner got scratched, they were just sort of like I'm sorry, like you you need to die, and then, and yeah. then he was like, but just quarantine me, uh -huh. and and I think it's interesting because like Herschel got bit, and then that guy got scratched, and and because Herschel was a part of their group, they're trying to do everything they can to keep him alive, yeah. but once some once someone that like it would be easier for him to be gone, yeah, they they were like, well, we just need to kill you, yep, and yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of different like reasons for that i mean one there's the motivator of love like mm -hmm. they they don't love this prisoner because yeah. they don't know him you know mm -hmm. and they love herschel and then there's also the motivator of like skills and and things that help your survival because mm -hmm. as we talked about before herschel has this invaluable skill of being able to deliver a baby through c-section mm -hmm. and so that's like that's really important for them in this moment yeah so like i think like with this other prisoner there was there weren't any like necessarily like blaring attributes that were like oh we can we can really use the skill that you have i mean have. he was huge he, he was huge. he could have been yeah. a good like protector or something yeah but. totally but i think like <laughs> i think like i mean they've made it this far without True. without him mm -hmm. there's nothing necessarily that he could do that they maybe couldn't or mm -hmm. find a way to you know so i think i think maybe like if all i'm saying is if he had maybe like some skills that they were like oh like this this could really benefit us in the long run. Maybe they would be more yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. willing to figure out a way to keep him alive. Or mm -hmm. or if they just loved him, you know? I think just the fact that they love Herschel is, like, why they're fighting, yeah, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just thought that was that was an interesting thing. Oh, also, like, being grounded in realism, it's going to be a lot harder for Herschel to survive with one leg. Oh, yeah, totally. You know, because, like, like when, when animals get hurt in the wild, they just leave them because they're yep. like, you're going to die anyway. Yep. And that's sort of what Maggie's doing, but, like, Herschel losing his leg, that's going to affect him immensely. Yeah. Like, it's, if they didn't have the prison as a home right now, uh -huh. and they were still running around, like, Herschel would, wouldn't be as strong as he was before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, not just, like, the fact of losing your leg, but, like, also, when you, when you face that body trauma, like, yeah. your body takes a long time to heal, like, yeah. and your, your spirit takes a long time to heal yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, it's, um, like, it's, it's incredibly hard to heal from getting a limb chopped off, you know? Yeah, totally, no. And I, I mean, but then there's, like, this idea of, like, adaptation, and that's all they've been doing mm -hmm. up to this point. I mean, like, their lives have been 
turned completely upside down because of everything. Yeah. So like, like, who's to say this new obstacle can't be overcome? You know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, there's that. There's obviously the like idea of like, oh, we need to be grounded in reality and realize that like this is going to be near impossible for Herschel to to have one leg and for us to still survive mm-hmm. and be able to take care of him and for him to pull his own weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's this other side of like, we can adapt and we can figure things out because that's what we do as humans is yeah. we, we experience these crazy things in the world and we adapt just like the pandemic, just like, um, uh, all these other crazy world things that have happened. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, we, we, um, face what's in front of us and we adapt to it. And so I think that's, I mean, that's something that, while, while you can be grounded in reality in the terms of like Herschel may not survive this, you can also yeah. be grounded in reality and say we can adapt to this. Yeah, and that is the reality is they can adapt mm-hmm. to the situation. Yeah, that's true. Know? That's true. Also, the CPR scene was yeah insane. Yeah, Alina was. I I knew what happened, but Alina was so scared that yeah that she got bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's just another thing that you don't think about is like the the thing like one of the things that helps keep people alive when death is so rampant could end up affecting you if they actually yeah. do die you yeah. know while you're performing CPR yeah it's and I, much more risky mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. the person performing CPR and I mean now um, medical professionals say that you don't need to do mouth to mouth you can just do the chest compressions but I mean still like the the mouth to mouth doesn't doesn't hurt yeah it helps a little bit yeah but it's yeah it's no I it's think crazy. that's I think that's kind of a cool I don't know, like a cool thing that the show has done is mm-hmm. raise the stakes even higher yeah. for something yeah, for that sure. already has such high stakes, mm-hmm. you know, like performing CPR on anyone that's like very high stakes regardless. And then add this extra layer of danger where like, if you, if you are the one performing CPR, you could get bit if they mm-hmm. actually die or something could go very wrong. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely, I, I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's cool writing in that they, they, um, created some this sort of situation that like the stakes are really really high mm-hmm. um, and it's fun to watch as a viewer yeah you know? yeah for sure and and they're high on both ends which I think yeah. is really cool like with the with them dealing with the prisoners and clearing out the cell block as well uh-huh. as Herschel might be dying or might be living yeah um, for sure yeah this episode is really cool uh, brings up a lot lots of questions yeah. um, this was sort of at the end of the episode but when they walk into the other cell block after they clear it and and they just see all the prisoners lined up out of their cells, and they were, like, all executed. Yeah. I think that was insane. Yeah, I totally. want to know what happened there, because, like, obviously the correctional officers just, like, decided that this was the best way to do it. And I don't know if those prisoners got bit or if they got sick or something. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, like, when whenever people are scared and they have authority, they can just do really awful things yeah, yeah. to people. And, and I mean... You can quarantine people so well in a prison. Like you have handcuffs, you have yeah. you have cells. Like yeah. it's so easy. But but I think people just like to take the easy way out and just and just make the easy decision. Yeah. That just but the easy decision unfortunately affects so many people. Yeah. Totally. You know negatively. Yep. Yeah, and it's sad that um, the other prisoner was like, "Oh, I knew some of these guys. Mm-hmm. They were they were really good people." You know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't know. This this world is very. It's it's an interesting premise because like some things that you would normally say are like horrible maybe are arguably not because mm. people are just trying to survive and trying to make it through this, you know. Yeah, and like people some people in prison have have done awful things and some people in prison have 
done, you know, like mediocre bad things, yeah. and some people have done like not very bad things at all. Some people yeah. have been wrongly accused in prison. Yeah. And just because like you're a prisoner, like me and Alina have been watching Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Recently, and like just because you're a prisoner and you're quote unquote a criminal uh-huh. doesn't mean that you're you're like a bad person. Yeah. You know. And I think, and I mean, the United States has the highest prison, yep. uh, prisoner rate in the world. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just, I think a lot of times we like to make snap judgments on people just because of their circumstances. Yep. Um, and I don't think that's right. I think, I think, you know, these, those prisoners that were actually good people and cared about other people uh-huh. deserve deserve the right to live yeah. as, as everyone else yeah you know obviously that that one guy that just didn't care about the life of other people like yeah he had to die yes. but the other prisoners i i don't think i don't think should have died yeah you know? yeah i think it keeping them alive was like maybe morally the right decision mm-hmm. i think i i mean i don't know what happens i haven't seen the rest of this but season. then again the regret if they actually did hurt his family yep. would have like yeah and he knew that yeah you knew that like yeah. So it's definitely it's a hard decision. it is. It's definitely a weird place to be put in and I like I I know me I would not survive in something like this. <laughs> I I could not I couldn't even, I could not kill someone. I and maybe maybe if the stakes were that high I would but like mm. I mean I just I don't think I could, you know. And so I I just think like even if they do make it through all of this, like how how do they even live? peacefully and happily after Mm -hmm. their minds have like gone through such insane trauma and and such really 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 stressful decisions Mm -hmm. like everywhere they turn they have a stressful decision to make you know and this is one of them it's like do i kill these people Mm -hmm. who i don't i don't know if they will hurt my family or if they will be a problem to also be in this prison or do i let them live because because they're just people you know and I think, I mean, I'm of the belief that if you really got to know anybody in this life, you would love them. Yeah. Like, I mean, regardless of the decisions that they have made in the past, yeah. I think like, I think everybody is just, is going through life trying to figure out how to live it the mm-hmm. happiest and the best. Yeah. I and I, I, I think that, um, I think you, I think you would love anyone that you really got to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like. Hate comes from ignorance and fear. Yes. You know, like, the more you don't know about someone's life and the more, like, you have been taught to hate someone, yeah. the more you hate them. Yep. But the, the, the minute that you, you actually, like, get to know them and understand their life and their struggle, like, it just it just helps immensely to open up your mind and your heart to, to loving them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I think, like, like one experience in my life that um, I guess, like, really opened up everything was like when I went to Texas, um, uh, to serve a mission. And Mm -hmm. I, before that, like, I, I wasn't really introduced to other religions, but I knew like, like, like for example, Muslims, I, I I didn't know any Muslims and I didn't hate Muslims. That, Mm -hmm. that never was the case, but I didn't know any. And so like, I, I feel like I was, I, I didn't understand them. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I went to Texas, I met this Muslim family. They were the nicest people I'd ever met. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and they like shared their story with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, and it like, it opened my eyes to realize that like, we all have different experiences and different Mm -hmm. things in our lives. And, um, we truly are all just trying to make it through. And when we get to know people who are different than us, that's when, that's when we can start to love and understand everybody and be yeah. accepting of everyone and no longer be ignorant and no longer be susceptible to hating people because mm-hmm. we, we know them. And yeah. that's literally, I think that's all it is, is once you get to know a person, mm-hmm. that's when you start to love them. And I think like, 
it's similar to like you know I'm gay, so like being in the gay community, like there I've I, there are a lot of people who I'm close to who like really str- struggle with the LGBTQIA plus community, mm-hmm. and them getting to know that I am gay has changed their perspective a lot on yeah. on that on people who are gay. You know, I I have a coworker who I told was gay, and he was like, oh what? He was like, I just thought like all gay people were like like this or like he like he said a, a few like different um, like like stereotypical things for gay people and I, I was like oh well sure like there are gay people like that but like we're just we're all people you know mm-hmm. and he was like really surprised and so like yeah. it's kind of a similar thing with like me meeting that Muslim family I was like oh my gosh they're awesome people mm-hmm. you know yeah well it's sort of like I, I know this person um, and, and they were saying like I you know you can you can be gay but just don't shove it in my face that, yeah. that classic thing yeah. like don't don't just be like all about pride and stuff and I yeah. was like I was like, okay, and and they were like, well, I I have a gay friend, so I'm not like homophobic or anything. Classic. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like, I'm not homophobic or anything, and I I like them because they don't shove it in my face. And I'm I'm sort of thinking, I'm like, is that the only gay person you know? Yeah, yeah. And and I'm I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't asked them, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it is. And I'm like, if you've met other people in the LGBTQ community, uh-huh. you would you would learn that. They're not trying to shove pride in your face, yeah. whatever the hell that is, well, you know. What, like, and, and it's like, yeah, it's like the reason why we have pride is because is because LGBTQ people have been have been oppressed, yeah, for years, and and like we need to have something to bring them up to equality, yeah, in order for for things to be better for them, you know. Yeah, totally. And, and it's yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, I totally I like and I love the like the like shoving it in your face mm-hmm. idea. I'm like, what do what do they do? Like like what do I do to shove it in your face? <laughs> I know. Like genuinely, I wanna yeah. know. You yeah. know, like I'm like, is it just that I talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause is it, it that I make a post on Facebook? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, like that that isn't shoving it in your face. Yeah, you know? I think like people use that as like a way to and like I like I think like there's a lot of homophobia and I don't think you're bad if you like have had homophobia before mm-hmm. or if you still like experience some form of that necessarily mm-hmm. i just think like it's important to recognize it and to start to change mm-hmm. those things because like like i was raised i, I was raised in, in an lds family i like um i have great parents who who loved me and who who raised me to be a good human being um but i also um was taught things at church that were against who i was mm-hmm. as a human being and so like that like it was hard because like because there was that conflicting, like, oh, like, well, I'm gay, but I've also been told that, like, marriage is between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and I can't have an eternal life and happiness with a man that I love. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there was that, like, conflicting stuff. So I had internalized homophobia, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, being gay is bad, you know? Like, I thought that my whole life, you know? Yeah. Up until um, the past few years when I've learned to, like, really um, accept myself for who I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, when people, like... So anyway, that was a long-winded way to say when people say that they're, it's being shoved in their face, what what they're really saying is I'm homophobic and I'm scared of mm-hmm. you talking about this and I don't want you to talk because about I it. don't I don't want to. They're they're closing their hearts to changing yeah, their opinion exactly. and their minds. And the thing is, is you can't control what anybody else does in their lives. It's mm-hmm. it's you you don't have a say in anybody else's lives. The decisions they make or um, the things that they decide to do, you can you can have opinions, but. Mm-hmm. Like in in the end, you have yourself, and you get to decide what you do with your life. Mm-hmm. And it is not your job to judge other people for what they do with their life just because it's different than what yeah. you do with your life. You yeah, know, it's true. So um, anyway, I think that I don't know. I just think it's the whole. 
it's funny the whole like shove it in your face thing because <laughs> yeah. like like I understand that like pride parades or whatever like people have problems with but I don't really understand why they do because it's it's just a parade celebration if of you don't want love. to go then don't go yeah exactly and and if you see a post on Facebook or Instagram or wherever uh-huh. that you don't like you can just scroll past yep but that's that's the only thing you need to do you know yeah. and and I I think the thing is 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 people people say it's like shoving in their face because I mean that that's sort of what it feels like to them yeah. because they because they're blocking it so much that whenever there's even a little taste of it yeah. that they they feel like it's too much yeah. because because the more you dehumanize people yep. for your beliefs like the more that it's shoved in your face the more hardened you get unless you actually like let it go yeah. and just accept them you yeah know? totally i think like it just goes back to the like when you really get to know someone mm-hmm. yep you'll love them because like if people would just talk to people who are different than them mm-hmm. and really listen to their stories mm-hmm. they might not understand fully and they might not like feel the same way but no because unless you've been through it you can never fully understand yeah, it yeah but you can empathize and sympathize with anyone yep you can sympathize with anyone and it's mm-hmm. yeah so anyway yeah um okay one last thing uh-huh. uh so i i really like the fact that Lori told rick that she appreciated everything that he did uh-huh. because for the last few episodes like everybody's just <sighs> on rick and just like he's made a few questionable decisions uh-huh. and laurie especially has been like you need to do better and i i think like just showing appreciation for someone goes a long way yeah um and it, it lets them know that like they're seen and heard and that like what they're doing is good you know yeah totally because I, I don't know i just thought that was a cool moment because i i mean uh, Rick, Rick has been doing so much for the group yeah. and finally someone told him that like he is appreciated. Yeah, totally. And loved. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, that's an, impo- that's a, that's an interesting topic because I think like one of the secrets to life, I like in my opinion is learning how to self validate and learning how to be comfortable and confident enough in yourself that you don't need that outside validation from other people. Mm-hmm. However, it's important to receive that. Um, and it really can make a difference in somebody's life, you know? And, like, I think, it, I mean, obviously, in this situation, it was mm-hmm. important that he knew that, you know, he was appreciated. Um, um, so, yeah, I think I think it's cool that she was able to say that to him and, and show that appreciation. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, in our lives, like, it doesn't really cost us anything to appreciate another no. person. Or to, to just, like, give a compliment. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't cost us anything. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do it more, yeah. you know? We should do it more. Mm-hmm. And, like, so, yeah. But but I think when we start to rely on that validation or that appreciation, yeah. that's when things get a little unhealthy for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, oh, well, if they're not telling me that they appreciate me or love me, then, like, I'm just I'm just a horrible person. And, mm-hmm. I, and that that is giving... Your, that's giving the power to somebody else mm-hmm. and not holding the power yourself and saying, I know that I, I am confident in who I am. I'm a, I'm a cool person. I do great things in my life. Mm-hmm. I try my best and I appreciate myself, you know? And so like, whether or not somebody tells me they appreciate me, I, I'm confident in that and I yeah. don't necessarily need that validation. Yeah. And I think, I think Rick definitely is confident in that. And, totally. Um, but I think it just takes like, it takes it to another level of like, uh, of um mental health i think when, yeah. when someone actually says like because if because like as an actor you know we're we're um sensitive ass bitches <laughs> and, yes. and like we and 
we always love compliments. Yeah. But like, it, it's sort of like walking this line between, do uh, like between um, knowing your self worth uh -huh. and knowing who you are as a person and as an actor yeah. or as anyone, and then also like being able to accept the appreciation that you get. Yeah, totally. Because like, because um, like I I'm I'm in Macbeth right now, uh -huh. and if I just relied on like compliments that people gave me that wouldn't be enough to do what i need to no, do yeah, like if totally. i if i just like relied cuz you know the the minute like the compliments i get can never fuel the performance that i need to give yeah. i need to have the confidence of myself totally. and and the um and the drive within myself in order to do the show yeah well yeah. you know well and i think that's true for totally, anything totally yeah being an actor is an interesting thing with this topic mm -hmm. because it's kind of our job to entertain and to make people like us, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's literally our job. And yeah. so like it, it's, you're towing this weird line of saying like, well, like, cause I act because I love it. I really mm -hmm. find a lot of joy in, in being honest and authentic in a, a character's shoes mm -hmm. and telling the story of different people and different stories and experiences. And so like, I love it for that, but that's, that can't be the only thing because that's self-indulgent, you know, mm -hmm. like I also need to, take into account that I'm doing it for other people, mm -hmm. you know? And so like that validation or that appreciation from other people is sort of an important thing to like, it's like a signifier of like, Oh, okay. I am doing a good job at entertaining people mm -hmm. because they're telling me, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like I loved watching yeah, you do yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, it's sort of like with Rick, like, like whenever you, someone tells you, then it, it validates, okay, I am doing something right. Like, yeah. Um, like my director, uh, gave me a ton of notes the night before opening uh -huh. and I was, I was stressing about them. I was like trying to figure out how I was going to incorporate all of them. But then afterward, um, she came up to me and she was like, you incorporated all my notes and it was like my best performance ever. Yeah. And she was like, you incorporated all my notes and it was, it was so good. It was so powerful. Huh, and, cool. and then like yeah. that validated me. I was like, okay, like uh, now I know that if I like, now I know that if I do this, this and this, yeah. that I will give a good performance. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. And, yeah, and that outside perspective is important mm -hmm. as yeah. as an actor or just honestly as a human being. Even if it, even if it's criticism, it's yeah. it's important. You yeah, know, like notes and stuff. And it's so funny because you really like criticism is so important as like like evolving as a actor and uh -huh. even as like a human being. Yep. But like, it's also important to recognize where the criticism is coming from. Uh huh. And if it serves you or not. You yeah. Because. Everyone has their own opinions on yes. how to play Macbeth and how Macbeth <laughs> oh, should yeah. be played, oh, yeah. and like every, everyone has them, uh -huh. and I hear it all the time, and and you know, but it it just depends on like, okay, who is telling? Is it is it the costume designer telling me this? Uh -huh. Like, is it the costumer designer telling me their notes? Is it the sound designer telling me their notes? Yeah, yeah. Or is it the director telling me? Um, and you know, it it, it just it just depends on who it's coming from, and like if it serves you. Yeah, totally. Because because I mean like not everyone's opinion on you matters. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And like acting in general, it's objective until it's not. Mm -hmm. And then it's just subjective. Mm -hmm. Like there are like techniques, like, you know, there are things you can use like Meisner, Uta Hagen, Stanislavski, like things like that, that like are tools to help you be a good actor. And you could judge an actor based mm -hmm. on those. You could say, Oh, I see that they're using physical destination in this scene. Yeah. Or I, I really recognize that they're using Meisner. Or they're being like, really observant to the other person, which is like the, I, I like, I love Meisner because it helps us listen truly to the mm -hmm. other person yeah, and really react to them. But mm -hmm. 
Um, so like there are things you can judge in that that kind of make it objective. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, acting is just a subjective thing. It really is like, oh, well, I prefer it this way. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean it's right that yeah. way. You well, know? It, and I've, I've had to like learn like, and I've also had to learn for myself, like my opinion is just my opinion. Yep. And, you know, uh, and we, we've had discussions on this. I've had discussions with other people that we know on this. Like I, you know, I can think an actor is bad and another person can think an actor is good. And I expect other people, like, you know, not everyone is going to like me. Yeah. And, but, like, a lot, a ton of people do like me enough uh -huh. that, um, you know, I'm, I, I know I'm going to be okay, you know? Yeah. But, but it, just because some people don't like me and I don't like some people doesn't mean that, like, they're bad. Yeah, it's, it doesn't mean they're bad or that, or that they're not deserving of success mm -hmm. or yeah. opportunity, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it also depends on, on what they're doing. Like, yeah. um, we had that you know, Nickelodeon guy come and like give us notes and stuff. Yeah. And he loved some people and he hated other people. Uh -huh. And, but like, I mean, he worked for Nickelodeon. So he was specifically looking at people yeah. for like kids shows and like, yeah. like Nickelodeon type entertainment. And, um, and I don't really fit that mold in the, yeah. in, in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So why would he like me? Yeah. You know, totally. it doesn't mean I'm bad. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm like, just, just so you guys know, he gave me ones. All around, uh, you got one ones? out of five. I got I got a one in believability, a one in likability, oh and then I got gosh. a five in individuality. Oh my god! So I was I was that's I crazy. wasn't believable, <laughs> I wasn't likable, but I was an individual. So that's crazy. Yeah, it was insane. Were we in the same class? No, we okay, weren't. We weren't. No, we weren't. But yeah, he, he did I, that yeah, like I feel me. like I would remember that. Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah. And then like on the other hand, like he gave me fives, mm -hmm. and so like, but like it's all subjective. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, he, he was it, looking at a specific. He was looking at what he was used to looking for. Yeah, and and what he was hired to do yeah totally. you know yeah yeah and it would have been a different story if he did like netflix original drama yeah. tv you yeah. know it would have been a completely different story because then he would be looking at it from a different perspective yeah totally yeah yeah it's all about perspective yeah and like it's just it's like that in life you know mm -hmm. like like you can't make everybody like you and mm -hmm. if that's your goal then you're gonna have a really stressful mm -hmm. and tough life you know <laughs> like yeah. we can't we can't make everybody like us. And I used gotta... to, I used to be like, so I used to be so like, I used to get so worried whenever, um, I would finish a performance and I would walk by one person and they wouldn't like compliment me. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't compliment people a lot of yeah. the time when I, when they get out of a show, you know, yeah. I, unless I know them, yeah. you know, cause I'm, I'm focusing on the person that I came for, but it's yeah, totally. It, it like, it's so, I feel like we just get so in our heads about wanting people to like us yeah. when, you know, it's not really, that big of a deal yeah well i've yeah. gotten to the point where sometimes i just like after performance we'll just like like run out like i'm like <laughs> i'm not gonna talk to anybody uh, i don't want to talk to anyone and i just want to go home you know mm -hmm. like stuff like that and i don't do that every time obviously but mm -hmm. like that's um you know like you change and you evolve as an actor and as a yeah. as a person especially when you're making it your job like you just like you have to change your mindset a lot of the times like mm -hmm. people who do theater and acting as a hobby like um it's a little it's it's I guess it's more okay for them to really seek out that validation mm -hmm. from other people because like it's just a hobby it's not their whole life it's yeah. not their livelihood you know but like with people who choose to do it as a career like it's like you have you have to if you want to be successful learn how to how to block out your insecurities and just say I gave the best performance I could and I'm happy with it yeah. and I'm just gonna keep doing this you know yep yeah. so that's true all right. Well, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about in the episode? Um, oh man, 
I don't think so. No, I think we covered I, everything. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really good episode. I, yeah, yeah, I I really had a good time watching it. So cool. I'm glad you had me watch it. Yeah, for sure. Even even through the gore. And yeah, the, no, and the seriously. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we will uh, be back after a short musical interlude with a moral dilemma. back all right josh here's your moral dilemma okay would you be able to let prisoners live with your family prisoners live with my family Mm -hmm. um or like ex-convicts 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 prisoners anything like that Um, anyone that has a potentially questionable past okay and like in like the same space like Mm -hmm. in like the same space yeah um yeah i mean i think that to be honest i think i would I think it's, I think I treat it the same. I would treat any person that I'm living with, Mm -hmm. which is, I just wanted to know who they are. And so I would, I would want to get to know them first, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that would be like necessarily like a signifier of like Mm -hmm. someone who like, like if you have, if you're an ex-convict, like you absolutely cannot live with me, you know? I think like I am, I used to, when I first moved to Utah, I lived with just random strangers. Mm -hmm. I hated it. I did not like it whatsoever. And when I finally started moving in with, like, people I knew, that's when my life started to get a lot mm-hmm. better. So, I guess my answer is, I really won't live with anyone I don't know necessarily yeah. anymore. Okay. Yeah, so, sure. like, so, if if I know and love someone who is an ex-convict, then heck yeah. Like, yeah, yeah let's live together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I so, agree with that. I, I, think it would, I think it would depend on why they were an ex-convict or why they were a prisoner. You know, yeah, like, maybe. What yeah. crimes they committed. Yeah. Definitely, like, if it was for tax evasion, I'd be like, yo, no one likes taxes, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I get, I get yeah. you. You know, no, but if, think... it, if it was, like, for murder or for, like, sexual assault. Yeah, or I think that is a good like point. That, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, like, I plan on getting married one day and raising a family and having mm-hmm. kids and stuff, and I want them to be in a safe environment. Yeah, for and sure. so, like, someone with that past, I guess, like, Maybe that would definitely be if they were to live with me and mm-hmm. they had murdered someone in the past. I that would definitely. And it would be a also depend on why they. If it was self defense, then then yeah. Yeah. If, it, if they were like a serial killer, it'd be like. Well, <laughs> I would not want a serial killer living with me. No. And so that's why I say I want. Yeah, I would want to know, know the person yeah, for sure. You know. Okay. So the, my answer is yes and no. I guess. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Sort of in the middle. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for answering that question. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Your Brain. All right, stay safe and stay sane. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Feed Don't Your Brain. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Feed Don't Your Brain. You can also follow us on Twitter at Zacky the Zombie. Also feel free to email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at feeddontyourbrain at gmail.com. You can also follow Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can donate to our Patreon page called Feed Don't Your Brain on Patreon. Thank you all for listening, and stay safe and stay sane. Thank you.